Hey friend, it's Victoria. Thanks so much for being here today. I'm really excited to talk about branding. Branding is the topic most near and dear to my heart. So today we're going to talk about three ways to make your brand stand out from the competition. When you don't have a powerful brand and online presence, your business and your marketing materials become white noise to the average customer. Nowadays, when every industry is saturated, it is imperative that your brand is memorable and that you stand out from the crowd and make sure that people feel like you are the only only option for what it is they are about to buy. You're listening to the Brandwell Podcast, the business podcast for side hustlers and creative entrepreneurs who want to take their business to the next level. Your host, Victoria Marcoulier, is a wife, mama, and the owner of a branding studio she built from the ground up, Brandwell. With each episode, Victoria and her guests share the behind the scenes of how they built their dream career and give you the expert advice you'll need to build yours. Learn how to show up confidently online as we cover everything from social media, website strategy, email marketing, and a little bit of that entrepreneur life in between. Here's your host, Victoria Marcoulier. So there are three ways to make sure that your brand stands out from the competition. Uh, the first way is to stop copying the competition. It's really easy to look at what other people are doing in your industry, but by doing so, we oftentimes unintentionally, or sometimes it is even intentional, but we copy who we're competing with. Um, and when you copy them, you're not going to stand out, right? If everything that you do is the same, um, why would people choose you over the competition? Because another downside of doing this, when you're copying the competition, a lot of times the people that we look at as our competitors are the people that offer what we offer, but they have a little bit more experience. Maybe they have been in the game a little bit longer. Maybe they have a bigger team or their product's just a little bit better. So when we're going up against uh, somebody like that, where we are the underdog and we're still trying to copy exactly what they're doing, we're just going to look like the not as good knockoff brand. And nobody wants to be the knockoff brand, right? Like we want to be the brand that people choose. When you go to the store, like nobody wants to be the store brand macaroni. We want to be Stouffer's. I don't know if anyone else will get that analogy, but I love Stouffer's mac and cheese. <laughs> it's very good. Or even Easy Mac, if you have a less expensive product. Easy Mac is better than the Kroger brand. So make sure that in your studying and evaluating of the competition, you're not explicitly copying them because then you just become a copycat. People recognize it. Oftentimes you're like a little bit of a cheaper version of the real thing. Um, and that is going to hurt your brand way more than it's going to help your brand. Number two, hone in on what makes you different from your competition, not what makes you similar. This is the most important part of developing a brand and a brand strategy. It's knowing your unique approach to the market. Going back to number one and evaluating your competition, studying your competition can be a really good way to actually help you find how you're different, to help you find your unique approach to the market. Um, so to give you an example, I have a few web design studios that I've always really looked up to and I admire them. Um, and in the beginning days of starting Brandwell, I I looked at everything they did, every post that they created on social media, um, every new product that they offered on their website, their price point, all of these different things. Um, and I was totally guilty of trying to copy and recreate a lot of what they were doing. But it wasn't until I actually had a client come to me um, and, and hire us to do branding and 
website design after working with one of these other companies that I just thought the world of and thought so highly of. And I still do, by the way, but I had a client come to me and just say like, yeah, I I purchased this from such and such company and I just had a really bad experience. I couldn't get the help that I needed. Um, the time frame was really slow and yada, yada, yada. And in my mind, I was like, wow, I here I am looking at only what I can see on the front uh, of this other company and not knowing what their process or the behind the scenes look like. And I all of a sudden realized that that was my unique approach. The way that we uh, take our clients on this journey with us, the way that we really try and befriend our customers and the way that we kind of are their cheerleaders and we don't just leave them hanging. We answer all their questions and we help them from start to finish, meaning from the day that they hire us to the day that they launch their website we're going to be there holding their hand. That was my unique approach. Like we prioritize experience over everything. And when I really started to make that the center of my messaging, our experience, the way that we're not going to let you go, we're going to help you show up online with confidence. That actually was so much more impactful. And that's when my business really started to grow versus when I just tried to copy what a lot of my competitors were doing. So look at your competition, try and figure out how you are different. Maybe there's a subtle way that you're processing is different, or maybe there's a subtle way that your product is a little bit different. That right there needs to be the core of your marketing messaging because you're telling people who have a couple of options in front of them why yours is the better option, not why it's the same. All right. And number three, you want to create a powerful brand aesthetic and then use it everywhere. This is the power of branding, guys. So branding, as we talked about in number two, is half messaging, but it is half aesthetic as well. Creating those visual icons, those things that can be seen over and over that create that visual recognition, that is incredibly important in building a loyal customer base. So repetition creates recognition. Picture the brand Nike for me. More than half of you just now when I said that just thought about the swoosh. You didn't think about their full logo. You're not thinking of their storefront. Um, You're not thinking of anything other than just that little symbol that has been branded on every piece of clothing or shoe that they have created over the years. This symbol doesn't even contain their name in it, but people see it and they know immediately that it's Nike. Uh, Another great example of this kind of staying within the fitness realm is Lululemon. Um, Their little symbol, that kind of Greek Omega symbol is so memorable because we see it on their bags. We see it on their leggings, on their jackets. Their branding is so consistent and it's everywhere, which makes it memorable to their fan base. So when something is memorable, it becomes familiar. And just as humans, familiar feels safe and feeling safe really increases that know, like, and trust factor that we all need to feel good about a buying decision. So when you develop a powerful brand and online presence, you need to utilize that brand everywhere and it needs to be very consistent. This is why when somebody comes to us for brand design, we not only design them their brand with primary logos, secondary logos, fonts, colors, and then just send them on their merry way, we create a brand guidelines PDF for them and we say, hey, these are the exact color codes that we want you to use in every social media graphic, in every printed material that you do. Um, Use these within your storefront if you have a storefront. Uh, We share a brand pattern 
pattern and we say, put this on, you know, the packaging that you're going to be sending your product in, put this on your website, put these on your business cards. Um, we share how to utilize your primary logo and your secondary logo. Uh, and that is so helpful because you can have a beautiful brand, but if you're not using it strategically and if you're not using it everywhere so that no matter where somebody interacts with you, whether it's in person, whether it's on your website, whether it's on social media, the feeling should be the same. It should be a really cohesive and seamless experience for people, no matter where they're engaging with your brand, because that's what's going to create that familiarity that builds trust, which leads people to want to buy from you. You guys know that I put my logo on everything. We have cheetah print t-shirts. I have cups. I have mouse pads. I have tote bags. Literally anything that you can put a logo on, I have my logo on. And people recognize the brand well be. I would say that pretty much anyone that's followed me for any amount of time will know the difference between my primary and my secondary logo because I use them all over the place. Um, I don't ever think that there's too much branding. So I love to see when our clients take their branding and then they just start ordering things for their business. Even if they're just ordering sweatshirts or napkins to put in their shop, like different things like that. I'm all for that because you have to see a brand over and over and over and over again for the purpose of your brand to work and for your brand to be powerful. Branding is not just putting a logo up in the corner of your website and saying that you have your brand done. (laughs) Branding is so much more than a logo. It really is how people are feeling, how you're set apart. So I strongly encourage you to go look at your brand aesthetic, look at your logos, look at the fonts that you're using, look at the colors that you're using and make sure that they're very consistent throughout all of the different areas that you're showing up. So going back to the three ways to make your brand stand out from the competition is to stop copying your competition, hone in on what makes you different, not what makes you the same, and then create a powerful brand and a brand aesthetic that you then use everywhere that you go to ensure that it's memorable. Something that is often helpful uh, when creating a brand, if you're in the early stages of your business, or maybe you're not even in the early stages of your business, but your business grew a little bit faster and you didn't cover a lot of the groundwork, like creating a mission statement, creating a value statement. I have a free worksheet on mission and values and how to define them. And within this worksheet, there is a way to help you understand how you are unique and how you are set apart from your competition. So if you go to brandwelldesigns.com, up in the main navigation, you will see a uh, free stuff tab. And under the free stuff, you'll see um, that worksheet there. So I hope that you will go fill that out. I hope that that gives you a really good framework of how to start creating a brand messaging that focuses in on how you're different, how you're unique, why you are the better option. And then join me here next week for some more good branding tips coming your way. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Thanks for tuning in to the Brandwell Podcast. If you're a side hustler or creative entrepreneur looking to take your business to the next level, subscribe to the podcast so we can continue to cheer you on week after week by providing practical advice on how to grow your business. For show notes or to learn more about what we covered in today's episode, head to brandwelldesigns.com. Until next time, keep branding well.